Support for the Couples Council comes from Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Services available in office or virtual. Schedule your consultations now. For more information, visit mercierwellness.com. Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Small steps, big changes. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs. Now Now on on with with the the show. show. Hello and welcome to the Couples Council. On today's show, we're going to introduce you to the wife mentor, also also known as Herdine Mercier. What is she all about? Where did she come from? Who is she? And what is the wife mentor in particular all about? Today's chat is dedicated to her. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you learn something from it. Babe? Yes, honey. So give us a little intro as to who you are, where you come from, what you're all about. What I'm all about. I'm all about love Mm. and making sure I love on you. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, I am Herdeen Mercier, a.k.a. the Wife Mentor, creator of Wifidence. And my goal is to coach wives into living out their true love story. Understanding that sometimes as a wife, you may have pain. You may... um, not understand clearly what your role is and how to live it out truly. My goal for every wife is to make it into wifey heaven. And I'll explain what that means and how you get to wifey heaven. Right. And so that's what I was going to ask. Now, you weren't born the wife mentor. I wasn't. You weren't always the wife mentor. I wasn't. And so how is it that you came to arrive to be the wife mentor? You know, truth be told, everybody else saw it in me. Mm. I was always what do, what do you what do you mean by that? Like I was I was getting approached by my girlfriends and they were like, Oh, you're such an amazing wife. Oh my god, you're always doing these great things. You do a great job at celebrating um your husband. Um, I would also have men come up to me and say, Man, if I was married to you, there's no telling where I would be. Yeah, those men are deep. <laughs> Deep, deep in the ocean right now. <laughs> Never Thank to you. be seen again. <laughs> Thank you. And of course, you know, I always found it like, wow, you know, I thought all wives do what I do. Nope. Nope. Um, And I thought all wives are in this place where they're happy and they're thriving and they're loving on their boo and sometimes hating him all at the same time. Hmm. But I found that it wasn't true. And then I found out that, you know what? I love love. I love everything about love. But I've been praying about my love story ever since I was a little girl. In fact, I remember my childhood girlfriends telling me there's no such thing as marrying a good husband or having a good husband or that husband being Haitian. There was yeah, no yeah, such that, thing. That myth about a good Haitian man, we got to kill that. Yeah, we're going to kill it, and all right. all you Haitian <laughs> men out there who happen to be overhearing this while your wives listen to this, keep doing your thing. Yeah, I mean, because there are good black Haitian men lots out of there. Good, yeah, lots of know? good men, period. Lots of good men, period. And I remember telling them, I believe my husband will be a Haitian man. He will be truly amazing. We're going to live this happily ever after love story it is going to be picture perfect Mm. i remember telling them that 
And I spoke my husband into my life. Yes, and so son, you, and honey, so I did speak you into my life. Thank you. <laughs> and so you would have been roughly how old about this time with this conversation with your girlfriends? I think in my teens, like, you know, 12, 13. I was in my teens at the time, 12, 13 years old. And I clearly remember us having this conversation. Mm. And they're still my good girlfriends to this day. So, so this idea of no good men, no good Haitian men coming around or existing. Where did your girlfriends get this idea from? You know what? Later on in life, I realized they were projecting on me their parents' love story. Mm. If you allow your friends to project their parents' love story and you receive it, you're not going to live it out for you. So the lesson in that is you have to be able to say, no, I reject that thought. Mm. Not everything your friend tells you, you have to receive. Now, so that was as as a little kid, though, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess like we know kids will just repeat or pick up what they see. Is that something that stuck with you as you grew into a young woman and as a young adult? Yes. You know, you know, growing up, I attended church and I would hear the power of your thoughts or the power of what you say. You can actually speak those things into life. Mm. So I just remember rejecting that i remember saying no it's going to be different for me and for me this this journey of working with couples it started at a very young age like i remember being seven or eight and my parents friends coming to the house or family members coming to the house and i would be that little mouse in the corner listening to all the latest gossip like the relationship gossip yeah they call that being nosy i was a nosy kid yes but i was i was nosy and smart all at the same time like i knew to shut up and Mm. i knew not to repeat what i heard i was that i was that child and i would sit in the corner taking all these notes and i remember mentally solving their relationships or taking notes for myself saying oh that would never happen when i get married mm. i literally planned out what my marriage or who the person what i wanted from my husband and listening to their co- grown folks conversation well let's back up a little bit mm-hmm. do, do you recall like one of the conversations you might have overheard yeah one that stuck with me was one um Came over to the house. She was complaining about her husband. She was like, you know, I didn't get married for this. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I'm very unhappy. He's sleeping in in another room. I hardly see him. And I remember saying to myself, their plans weren't aligned. Like, I just remember saying, like, they had no plan. So what, what you knew that or you heard them saying that? Like I, I just said it to myself. That mm. didn't sound like a, a family with a plan. So I went and I said, you know what? Whenever I get married, I have to have a plan. So, so in essence, based on their example, you were learning what not to do. Yes. So I had a whole list of what not to do. I had this list of my husband had to be on the same team with me because how can you build a strong family unit if you don't make time for each other? Well, when you say on the same team as you, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Because somebody might say, well, y'all married, y'all got the same name, y'all in the same house. What what else is there to being on the team? It's being one, like truly being one. We're sleeping in the same room. Well, hell, you could sleep <laughs> in the same room. No, no, and still I'm about. I, I, I get that, but I'm about to tell you. All we're right, sleeping let me in, know. We're sleeping in the same room. 
we're talking, we have the same vision, we're equally yoked, our money for me is together, it's one, like that was a number one of the complaints, when my mom friends would come over, their money wasn't one. Mm. Well, now, is that what you're suggesting everybody do? No, no, I'm not suggesting. I said, for me, I was building my story for me. Okay. okay. For me. And so this is what I wanted to do out of that. And And for me, it also, my husband and I had to show each other respect. My husband and I had to have strong family values. My husband and I had to be friends. I had to feel safe as a wife. I had to know he really loved me. My husband had to understand I am not in the business of sharing him. What do you mean by that? There was not going to be another boo. If I am your wife, I am only your wife. You don't have a mistress. You don't have a girlfriend. We ain't bringing nobody in our bed. Oh, so, like, no, so, so that's it for the open marriage? Hell no, we're not having an open okay. marriage. Okay. So. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> So, so, so what, so, well, see, some guys might be hearing this and they're like, well, does that mean if my sister called me or my mama called me, what about that? I'm a family girl. I totally understand. I did not only marry you. I married your family. Mm -hmm. Your family became my family. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're not going to have no side chick. Okay. I'm not going to be wondering where you at at night. Like I, if I knew I could not trust you, we would not be together. Mm -hmm. So from those very young, nosy conversations, me being a a mouse on the side of the, in the side of the kitchen floor, Mm -hmm. I learned from hearing their conversations, what I would not expect or would not accept. I should say what I would not accept from my husband long before I knew my husband would be you. And so when I met you, I had these standards. Did you get a chance before me to like test out these standards and to see all the great guys out there? There were no great guys out there. That's why I'm with you. But I did. I did test out the standards and I realized. Sorry, fellas. (laughs) I realized they weren't a fit for me because they didn't go against what I wanted what I wanted to see. Well, okay, so give me an example, right? Because you got some ladies who are hearing this and maybe they think they have a great guy and maybe they're overlooking some things. What were some things you notice in say a relationship that said, "Mm, this dude got to go or I got to go." Um, selfish. It was all about them. What do you mean? Like, if I go to say how my day was, it really didn't matter. Okay. You know, it's the little things. And I I want people to realize in a relationship, if he doesn't pay attention to you with the little things, the day in and the day out, run and run fast. Mm. Because when the big stuff come in the marriage, he will not value you then. So the day in and the day out when you're dating is very, very, very important. Mind you, my list, I knew if I was true to the family values, we, we're dreaming together, we're building together. I knew whatever it was or whoever I married with those values, the, the money and everything w- will come into alignment. So, so you mentioned your list. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have lists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got things like got to be tall, 
gotta you know drive this type of car live in this kind of neighborhood did you have any of those kinds of things on your list I didn't because my goal was to come into the relationship where we would build it together. But what I did have, my basic things was respect, family values, understood the role of what it took to be a father. See, it was key to me that whoever I had married understood the importance of being a present father. Like I had to interview you. For my kids. Did, where did that come from? This idea that whoever he was had to be a present father. For me, because my dad spent a lot of time going in and out of Haiti. Mm. And I remember I didn't like that. Like, okay. As a child, I did not like that. Um, and just kind of not seeing other friends who suffer because their father wasn't present. Like for me, if we're going to be a family unit, we got to do this together. Mm. You know? Okay. We got to do this together. So that's where it stemmed for me. Having experienced it, I knew I had to interview my spouse for my kids. Oh, wow. For your future kids. Yeah, for my future kids. So you ain't come in this with no no kids and trying to find a a baby daddy. No, no. I, I came in this saying I have to do this for them. And I hope women, you have to realize how valuable you are. First of all, to understand that you have the key to who your kids experience as a father. Mm. So I knew I had to interview you. You had to pass that test of how would how you would be as a father mm. and a husband, because that was so key. You love me first. That's how they're going to see how it is for another man to love them. So that's that's the upbringing and then, you know, dating couple of relationships mm-hmm. a bunch of losers <laughs> thank you and babe well i mean that's basically what you said <laughs> at least that's what i heard <laughs> so so the wife mentor came about after we'd been married what maybe eight nine years ten I mean, years eight, maybe the, the year you graduated with your phd okay and so what was happening what was this the this birth of the wife mentor around that season you know what? The wife mentor was birthed from a dark spot. Mm, da, da, da. Yeah. And so it, it came about, um, everybody was, okay, man, you're an amazing wife, that whole story. Of, I'm like, wow, wow, I, I must be really good at this. I thought every wife is like this. And, it, and I found out it wasn't true. And then I went on this quest. Like, you graduated with your PhD. I supported you for eight years. Um. I mean, I'm thinking about my shower and the advice that I got from the the senior wives in the room. And the advice was basically to make sure your husband is fed daily. Make sure you keep the house clean in the house. Make sure you have sex with your husband. Make sure your husband is happy. Make sure your spouse lives out his dream. Mm. And so I was doing all of those things for, what, five, six years, probably seven years, like holding it down, having Jason. 14 days later after having Jason, I was back to work because I was supporting you in your dream and becoming a Ph.D. in marriage and family therapy. I was being a good wife, mm-hmm. but not realizing in the process I was dying. Yeah, yeah, and... 
you know, it's interesting about that. In that process, regularly, you know, I was checking in with you. And, and regularly, I was telling you I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. Um, I guess I'll say to, to ladies and I guess men too, you know, be honest with yourselves, with your spouse, your partner, because unless and until they know what's happening with you, they can't do anything for you. You can say be honest, but I honestly thought I was doing the right thing as your wife. Mm. I had taken the advice of the senior wives. Yeah, that book that those old generation wives write, <laughs> we got to toss that out the window. And I and this is the key of where wifeidence came into play. I had to create what a wife looked like for me because eventually I did have to ditch their book. Yeah, you have to. You have to because they're there they that was their generation yeah yeah and, and 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 i needed to create my own love story for me without me losing myself yeah i mean you're talking uh, so to, to men women anybody thinking of getting married the advice that you get is coming from people who have lived completely different lives right the women that were giving you advice babe mm -hmm. they grew up in a different country mm -hmm. they grew up in a different time they lived in different houses. They have different childhood experiences. Yeah, this idea for even as simple as that, the idea of keeping a house clean, right? The homes were smaller. Mm -hmm. Now we have much bigger homes. We lead busier lives. Mm -hmm. And there's this pressure now to maintain that standard while living busier lives. But you know what? I realize the pressure or the advice that they give, I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm just saying it did not apply to me. Yeah, you got to take it with a grain of salt. You do have to take it with a grain of salt. And what I realized is it was more important for them to be misses than to be happy. Totally different generation. Totally different generation. And so me going back to work, having Azriel and the situation that we were in, you starting your PhD program where we had this plan. First, we built our dream home. Mm -hmm. We built our dream home. You go like you look at me and say, honey, um, I want to start a PhD. Yes, I'm supporting my husband. And then we find ourselves back in South Florida. Mm -hmm. After uh, building a house. After building a house. And you had sold me the dream that you would work. I would be pregnant. I think I was eight months pregnant. I remember crying the whole four-hour drive from Tampa all the way back to Fort Lauderdale because I was leaving my sister in Tampa, and, and mm -hmm. it was just messing up my dream of us building the house away, one street away from each other, um, and that happening and us coming here. Yeah, I felt like I was a kidnapper. I did. It, it really did. Like I cried the entire four hours home and i'm like this is not what i i thought marriage would be like this is not what we had planned here i am eight months pregnant we're moving back down south i agreed to come back down south but it still hurt because mm -hmm. i was letting go of what i wanted and then we came back down here i was the goal was for me to be a stay-at-home mom and i had tried and we tried and literally Three weeks after having Azriel, I get a call saying, come in for a job interview. And Jay didn't have a job at the time. And so 
here comes my dream of staying at home. And mm. Now, you know, the interesting thing about that is you came home after the interview and you told me about it and you was like, well, what do you want to do? And and I think I said, well, babe, it's up to you because I w- I'd support you either way. And so now in the being a good wife and supportive wife mentality, you decided to go back to work. And I was like, okay, guess. And that was when I became a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. And I said, well, okay. Because I understand how big that was. That was major. But I couldn't make that decision for you. No, you couldn't. But it was something that I knew I needed to do. I had to hold you down as a wife. Like, we're a team. Mm-hmm. So I, kn- I knew I needed to hold you down as a wife. And so I went back to work. Yeah. Leaving so my firstborn in her daddy's hands. So that's where if I didn't feel safe with you, how could my child feel safe with you? So I had to do what we had to do. Yeah, yeah. And so that was when we first came back and starting the program. Are you telling me that that was like when this whole journey of wife didn't started? No, I'm looking back. Right. And I'm looking at the birth of wifeidence. I guess we can say yes. Yeah, because that's back, what it sounds like to me. Looking in hindsight, back, yeah. Looking back in hindsight, that this whole experience, that whole experience of where wifeidence came into play. Yeah, it contributed yeah. to ultimately where we ended up when the wifeidence was born. Mm-hmm. Now you say it was a dark place mm-hmm. that it came out of. Yeah. Say a little bit more about that. So the dark place came out of you finished your PhD. We had this grand, spectacular party to the point, surprise, trip to Jamaica for seven days to celebrate you and everything was done. But I was in a rat race for eight years, holding the family down or six or seven years, whatever it was, Mm. holding the family down that literally being able to breathe after we came back from Jamaica. I just remember looking in the mirror and washing my face one morning and doing this like this big sigh of we made it out of that and looking at myself and saying who the hell am I Mm. yes I know my name is Herdeen Mercier yes I know I am the mother of Azriel Tamar and Jason I am the daughter of Herkeel and Marie Rose Fleurimond I am the sibling of Early, Coles, Charles, Rose, Martha, Elton, and so much more. But who am I? And that was a very sad day for me because I didn't know. So somewhere in that process, you lost sight of yourself. I did. I did. And so I had to begin the hard work. And any wife that I work with, I tell them it's hard work. To become wifeidence. Mm. Now, now, see, you make it sound like right then and there. Oh, hell no. You started and you was like, okay, now time to find myself. No, 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 no. Yeah. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of time by myself. It was spending a lot of time in my closet. That's one of my safe places. It was, um, I wasn't, I'm not a, a big journal person. Mm-hmm. But when it's really dark times, I write in my journal. I never felt such resentment 
four for you. Yep. And, and I and I and I had no idea. Yeah, you probably did because I was giving you attitude. Well, okay. So when I said it no idea, I didn't know where it was coming from. No. So it, I didn't know where it was coming. And from. That's my point. That's my <laughs> point, right? Imagine we just we just celebrated my graduation. You just took me to Jamaica. Yes. And we're about to embark on the next chapter. And now I'm getting an attitude. I'm like, who is this person? Did we leave somebody back in Jamaica? <laughs> you know, for a while you wasn't ready to talk about it. I wasn't. I didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah. Because it did not fit the script of me being a good wife. I fed you daily. I'm cleaning the house. <laughs> We're having amazing sex. And there goes this notion. Just because you have good sex doesn't mean you're in love. And, and so. That's true. So I'm supporting your dreams. I did all of that. You did everything that you could. You checked in on me. But for me, I had to shift my idea of what a wife is. I had to get rid of that, those four or five ideas of what a good wife is. Mm. See, a good wife takes care of herself first. Yep. A good wife understands that she needs to check her emotions and don't allow her emotions to dictate the relationship. Mm. And that isn't to say that a bad wife, that's what she does. No. But it's hard for you to be good to anybody else mm -hmm. if you're not first good to yourself. Yes. And there's a lot of guilt I've learned over the years that women experience, um, whether they're a wife uh, with kids, a mom, or a caregiver of any sort, there's a lot of, we call it mom guilt, but if you're not a mom, there's just this general women's guilt that they can't do for themselves. They need to look after other people. And my guess is that was probably contributing to that. It was. Because all the women that I saw were wives, operated under that fi those five rules mm. which is interesting right so mm -hmm. if you are operating under those rules and 10 years in just about nine ten years in this is how you're feeling imagine what they're feeling hmm. i don't want to imagine and they're in 20 30 year relationships but i will tell you this and i've always told you this you know this because you're my wife i'm you're my husband. Yeah. <laughs> you know this because you're my husband. That's why if someone tells me they've been married 30 years, I'm really not impressed because you could be married 30 years and suffered for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, men and women, mm -hmm. get into this uh, mindset of doing time. Yeah, like marriage is not about doing time. Marriage is really about loving each other through it all. Now, if you've done 30 years and said, man, we've been through the valleys and the hills and at the very end of it, you're in love with them. I've even heard wives say, man, they're staying for the Social Security check when that person dies. Yeah. And so I can I've hear all sides of it, but I did not want that to be my story. Mm -hmm. Like I, in a sense, wanted to prove my friends wrong. Love is love. I love everything about love. 
I was that little girl that loved the bodyguard, that loved Titanic, that loved pretty women, that loved watching Coming to America, and loved even watching The Little Mermaid. I love everything about love, and I deserve to be loved mm. and experience love. I am aware of the fact that one day I will die. Mm-hmm. I will die, and I will never come back on this earth the same. So if I am here, trust me, it's going to be with people that I love and want to make love to. <laughs> that part. That part. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't um, think of it that deep. You know, we don't understand how much is required when we decide we're going to either marry this person or lay down with this person and start a family with them. It requires so much more than you think. It requires so much more sacrifice than we realize. So so having realized this as the wife mentor, what do you now do differently? I went through a process, and I gave this process a name, and it's called the Wifey Success Pillars. Mm. And the very first one is release. Okay, release. Re- release. Release, release what? I you release the pain to activate the dream. Mm. My dream is to be madly in love and experience that. Not just experience it, live it. Mm. Like my Instagram, the wife mentor, that's real. It's not fake. Yeah. Sometimes it's too real, man. <laughs> all our all our shit be on there and like, do they really need to see this? Man. Yes, it's real. And so I had to release some things. I had some daddy issues that I needed to take care of. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had to get rid of some things that were there that wasn't healthy for our relationship. Nope, and so I had to release the advice that was given to me at my bridal shower. Mm. I had to release it. Even though they had good intentions they had and they g- meant well. Amazing intentions. Yeah. And I still get those calls sometime today. Am I, am I being a wife of created by that list yeah i know you know i said well i'm having great sex you know honey what i learned about the power of releasing Mm. is that you can't operate in a healthy state of mind dancing between hurt and happiness Mm. i had to learn that i experienced that i could not dance with hurt and happiness at the same time i had to pick one Yeah, yeah and i chose happiness good And so that's what the power of release taught me. And the very next thing on my wifey success pillar and what I teach my wives is remove. Mm. Begin the process of unpeeling and unpacking the emotions that are chipping at your ability at living a life of abundance. What kind of emotions? The sadness, depression, looking at the spirit of comparison. Mm. You cannot do that as a wife. You literally have to begin to remove those things that is not bringing you joy. Okay. okay. So you have to. And then my third thing with my wifey success pillar is reflect. This is the stage where you look into the mirror and you complete a vulnerable examinations cleanse. It's scary when you start doing that cleanse and you're looking at the mirror like I'm not looking at my husband. I'm not looking at my girlfriends. I'm not looking at anybody else 
but me. What I don't like about myself, what I need to work on, start identifying my purpose, start moving in that direction. But you first, you have to have a vulnerable examination cleanse. Mm. And I did that. The fourth thing on my wifey success pillar is repair. Mm. Okay. Okay. This is the time where you invest in your healing process by seeking wisdom needed to purge and replace with facts, not emotions. I had to repair. I had to put myself back together. I had to create what it meant to be human, what it meant to be a person, an individual person on my own before I put on that title of wife. Mm. So that was big for me. Uh, yeah, you can't be a healthy, a, a good wife if you're not ready, if you have some gaps or some voids. Mm. And I guess the same thing goes for anybody trying to do anything. Yeah. And then the fifth thing, um, the fifth wifey success pillars is refill. You can't pour from an empty cup. Nope. So I had to begin to refill my cup. And how do you do that? Like devotions. Spending time with myself, quiet times, going on girls trips, doing things that were important to me, as simple as going to get making time to go get a pedicure. Because too many times I think wives or women neglect self to make others happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier. Yeah. So that was a non-negotiable for me. Like I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And and to be clear, Mm -hmm. it isn't that you weren't doing it because. I was saying no way. No, no. Yeah. So even t- there are times there are men and husbands and sisters and people out there saying, go take care of yourself. Do something for you. Listen to them because they probably see something that you don't. Mm-hmm. And, and in that refilling um, process, I begin to refill by going to women conference. I begin to refill by listening, empowering counseling i had to go to counseling yeah we i had to go to counseling yeah we're not immune to needing to see a counselor and if you know anything about us trust me you know that won't be the first time either and and i'm pretty sure it it won't be the last no 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 we we check in when we have to yeah we check in and then we had to do our own love check-in yeah yeah we're no good to anybody if we can't take care of ourselves no and so the wife wife and success pillars came about when i release when i remove when i reflect when i repaired and when i refilled Mm. and so that's where wife was created through my dark times and so now i am on a mission to connect with wives wives to be even women who are divorced to tell them their love story isn't over. No, no, no. It can become a reality, but you have to be willing to do the work. And you have to, and I think this is where it's so important in the reflect pillar. Mm. That pillar was the hardest pillar for me after releasing. Yeah, now, so what do you tell women who are afraid of the work, who are, they see it and they're they're like, nope, I ain't got time for that. I'm too busy or I'm just afraid like in the midst that, you know, I might lose my mind. They're afraid to open up some of those wounds and look in 
to those dark places. You know what I tell them? How bad do you want to live out that dream of love? Because you have to pick one. Like I told you, I could not dance with happiness and hurt. I had to pick one. And the problem that I'm finding is we don't want to make the decision. So if you don't make the decision for better, then you're making the choice to be unhappy. Why do you think people don't want to make that decision? Because they don't want to go through the pain of doing the work. We rather use a pacifier sometimes. Yeah, a lot of people do settle. Yeah. Oh, well, this is what it's going to be. I don't deserve more. Where it came from me, I knew I deserved more. Even going back to that conversation with my girlfriends and during my teenage years, I knew, I knew I was going to live out my love story. I knew what I saw in the movies could be a reality. So I had made a choice that whatever it took, I was willing to do the work. I was willing to do the granted. At one point, I thought I was going to run mm-hmm. because it ca- it became so much. Yeah. So you got to be willing to do the work to live out your reality. The very first thing, you got to believe that you can have it. Yeah, do you believe that? Yeah, a lot of people doubt that it's out there for them. Good stuff, babe. Thanks, honey. And I want to thank you for supporting me through this process. It wasn't easy, but I get it now. Sometimes you go through things and you're like, what the hell? Why me? Mm. Yeah. I'm a good person. If only that's all it took. If only that's all it took. And and, and you held me. I mean, you held me back because there was some dark times. I, I saw past the crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, honey. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for loving me past my craziness. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I made a promise. Mm-hmm. So. And so if my little girl's dreams of love can come true, I want that for you, too. And so that is why I am on a mission to help wives, wives-to-be, really any woman wanting to understand why they can't be in love or why isn't it happening for them? Because let me tell you something. You changing your last name does not mean your love story is going to become a reality. It ain't magic. It ain't magic. Well, I mean, listen, I don't have anything else to ask <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, hell, I live through it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this has been good. I kind of forgot about what it was like for you going through that because right now it seems like so long ago. But uh, you reminded me of that time. And, you know, the more we revisit it, the more we talk about it, the more I love you for going through that, for not doing it, not just for yourself, but for us. Yeah. You know, I commend you for that because you could have done something totally different and we'd Mm -hmm. be in a totally different situation. Mm -hmm. But uh, you were willing to do the hard work. Thank you. And I hope that people got across that you can press the restart button anytime in your relationship. You're not doomed. Mm. And, and you, you know, know? What? that's kind of what we're here for. Right. It's yeah. We're here to tell you, you don't have to wait until, you know, shit hits the fan. No, you don't. You can decide right now. Pause the podcast. Tell your partner, hey, we need to have a chat or make an appointment do what you got to do but you don't have to wait to reach that dark place like her dean did mm-hmm. you know and that's why i tell my story i planned it out 
I wanted to live happily ever after. Mm. But we ha- we hit a bump and we needed to press restart. Yeah, and we did. And we did. And I pressed the restart button because I wanted to do it for myself yeah. first. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for today. I hope you learned something. I know I did. Yes. <laughs> I learned something every time I sit down and talk to this girl. Thanks, babe. So... Let us know uh, what you got from it. We also want to ask that you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, Let us know what you are looking forward to hearing, what you want to hear. Because, again, as much as we know and as much as we have planned, this is for you. And if you're going through something that you want us to talk about or maybe even talk about with you, let us know. All right. Leave a comment. Leave a review. And once you've done that, if you still want some more, Check us out on our social media. Yes. We're all over the place. The Wife I'm Mentor on Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. Connect with us. Twitter. And uh, and you're Dr. Jameson Mercier. Yes. Yes, I am. Now, next, should we talk about next week's show? Yeah, just give them a little teaser. little teaser. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this again next week's show just in the reverse. That's yes. right. You're going to get to know why I married this man da, da, da. <laughs> so thank you for listening guys hope you have a great week and we will catch you here next time on the couples council hey everybody thank you for listening to our mom and dad if you like them as much as we do then click subscribe and leave a comment but now they have to go because it's family time so go practice what you heard and we'll catch you on the next episode